You're listening to Mr. Suave at MrSuave.com. Quiet, numbskulls, I'm broadcasting. It's 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes, it's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Mr. Suave here. What's in a musician's musical psyche from a young age? What's up with the jam? What does mod mean? What are some of the classic tracks you can't live without? Is it possible to have one favorite song? We'll find out in just a moment when I talk with the young man from this group right here, Sharp Class.
kind of music do you usually have here? Oh, we got both kinds. We got country and western. Hi, this is John with RAF, and you're listening to Mr. Swab's Mod Mod World at MrSwab.com. Welcome to the Modcast. This is Modcast number 473, and I have a great show lined up today because I have a special guest joining me. It is Oliver Orton from Sharp Class. Hello, Oliver. Hello. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing very well. Um, just so people know, we're uh, just recording this uh, long distance, as it were. I'm in one corner of the world in Seattle, and you are about as far away from that as you can get, I think. Yeah, that, that's right. Yeah. Um, I'm in East Midlands of the UK. <laughs> so there's a little bit of a time difference, morning for me and evening for you. Um, yeah. It all works out pretty well. It does. I'm really happy to have you here today. I appreciate your taking the time. I wanted to have you on to talk a little bit about your music and the band and what you're doing and what you've got coming up and just sort of, you know, go over some things like that and we'll see where the discussion takes us. Of course, yeah. My pleasure being here. Uh, so thanks for asking me. Yeah. Um, last year, uh, 2020, was a, well, for everybody, it was a pretty tough year, I suppose, uh, with all of the pandemic and lockdowns and things. And I came across something that you did, just uh, kind of a solo thing on your own, where you recorded, I think, all of the instruments and everything for a cover of Days by the Kinks, right? Yes, um, that was... Okay. Uh, let me think now. It was probably August, July, August last year, something yeah. like that. Yeah, it was a fantastic recording. I put together a show in the it fall <laughs> and included it on that of people who had been doing things, you know, during the lockdown. And so you took some time and, and did a great uh, video and recording. How long did it take to do that? Um, it didn't take too long because it was uh, all instruments that were what too hard to record anyway. So it's like guitar um and then a bit of piano and things like that and vocals so it didn't really take that long the longest part was probably the the video just getting all the parts so yeah it was probably two days something like that so um i'm impressed by people who can do that because that's not my uh i'm not much of a musician i'm not any type of musician actually i just uh, like to listen to music but why days uh from the kinks what what was just because it felt like something you wanted to do or um yeah it, it was i mean the kinks are one of my favorite bands anyway so that was a no-brainer but um i don't know i just felt like it rang true a bit yeah you know kind of thank you for the days and things like that because it, it was the first time um that for us we hadn't gigged in a long time um and it was almost a bit reminiscent it felt reminiscent because it was like oh god we haven't done anything yeah and we don't know how long we're gonna be in this Right. So it's almost just like thank you for the days kind of thing, and um, and then we just kind of dedicated it when we put it out to the NHS workers, so uh, in the UK. So that was that was good as well. So um, and people seemed to really enjoy it. So it was just kind of a mixture of those things. Well, I enjoyed it a lot, and I have to say that on that track, your voice is uh, reminiscent of Ray Davies, and it was really complimentary to the song. It just seemed to fit and work together so well. I thought it was the vocals were fantastic. Yeah, there's something about his voice that is kind of very, he's very good with it. Um, like certain songs, he just, there's something about his voice, like the softer songs as well, like Days and things. Mm -hmm. He can emote so much through his, just his voice alone. Yeah. And you can kind of connect with it. And, that, and I like that. It's, that's one of the things I like about him. Yeah. Um, is the way he can do it. It's part of what makes him a great storyteller, I think. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you are um, in a band called Sharp Class. Why don't I you am. tell me a little bit about the band? Just, you know, an overview, a little bit of background, how you got started. Sure, yeah. Um, so we, we got started in third year of, of our secondary school. So what we would call it year nine because we mm. go up to secondary school in year seven. So it was a third year in. And how it came about was I had taken music as, an, as a subject in school. And Declan, the drummer, yeah, also took music, and he couldn't play anything. He he was, <laughs> he, I'm sure he won't mind me saying this, but he was basically musically incapable. <laughs> but in the first two weeks of that um, of our new music lessons, they were like, "Oh, you've got to learn an instrument." So he said, "Okay, I'll learn guitar." And then 
two weeks after that, he said, oh, I don't like this. I'll try the drums. <laughs> and ever since then, yeah, he just kind of, he picked it up really quick as well. Um, and he always missed his drum lessons, which is quite ironic. He, um, people just kind of talk to his drumming anyway. A lot of people said he's like Keith Moon and Ringo Starr. And he, and he just kind of goes, oh, thanks. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then Lewis, um, we met Lewis, we basically met Lewis in year nine, the third year. And I met him outside in the music corridor waiting for a guitar lesson one Friday afternoon. Uh, and we'd never met or we'd spoke a few times and we just got talking. And, and obviously we had the same guitar teacher. And I was like, yeah, me and my friend, Deck, we have a bit of a jam at lunchtime. Do you want to come along? And before you know it, he was kind of playing the bass with us at the lunchtimes in the practice rooms. And then he started having bass lessons. And it was, yeah, that's kind of, and that's how it started. It was just kind of, you know, do you want to play some music together? Yeah, it's um, music lessons. It's amazing that you guys got together doing that. And this was what, maybe five years ago, I'm guessing? Six? Um, yes. It, because- it, it was probably 2019, 18 probably four years ago, something wow. like that, four or five years ago. Because I listen to you now and I hear you guys and I watch the videos and things and I would guess that you've been playing since you were two years old, all of you, um, because, I mean, you're just tight and focused and uh, it's it's hard to believe that Declan just picked up the drums not that long yeah. ago. And then, man, he's, you're right, he's fantastic. It's, it's, I've been, yeah, I've been playing guitar since I was six or seven. Okay. So I, I've, I've been playing the longest, um, but me and Deck were really good friends. And he was like, oh, he basically taught music because I took it because he didn't know what else to pick <laughs> for a subject. Um, and then, yeah, ever, ever since he started learning the drums, he was like, oh, I quite like this. And he took to it really quick and got really confident with it. Like He wasn't nervous or anything, first gigs. He was just kind of like, I like this. Get to hit something really loudly. <laughs> Get out some of that aggression, right? Yeah. Um, I have to ask about the the name change because you guys started out as yes, subculture. And did. last year, right before, I think, the pandemic, maybe, or right in, during the spring, maybe, I realized, oh, wait, they have a new name. It's it's the same band, but they have a new name. What happened? Um, yeah, so basically, um, like I said, we formed in school and we picked a name. And we went to, it was a name that we thought suited us, and it did suit us. Yeah. Um, but what happened was when we would release, when it came to release music and things, it turns out there was other bands already called Subculture, and it caused a lot of confusion and it was hard to release music. Sometimes the other subcultures, right. the other bands, their music would come under us and our music would go under theirs, and it got oh. complicated <laughs> and it can end up in kind of legal things. And we were like, oh, let's just change the name. <laughs> but um, and yeah, we and then. During the pandemic last year, we changed the name because it was we weren't gigging, so it was kind of right. it almost felt easier because we hadn't done anything in a while. So it's like okay, we'll change the name, and then it's not like we're having to buy like new banners and new merch and things, <laughs> right? And straight away, so it, so it was kind of good uh, that we weren't really doing anything. And we could change the name, but uh, yeah, and it, we worked out a new name and um, that we felt worked for us and fit the band and you know what we're about and things like that and most most importantly that no one else had right that is completely <laughs> our name um which is great so and it fits you guys yeah it, it, i remember originally i fa- actually found the other day all the like pieces of paper where i wrote all different names down and i found the because both the subculture logo and the sharp class logo is actually what i've drawn and then kind of put onto the computer to like change the color um and i found the original drawing the other day for the sharp glass logo so i was like oh that's cool yeah i originally wanted it it came about through i was like oh sharp sharp's cool word and then playing around with that and eventually we came to sharp class i remember that we were like oh we don't really like that and but i wrote it down anyway because like, oh, i'll just put it down anyway and two weeks later it was like yeah that's not too bad you know right um and we ended up with sharp class so yeah and i personally think it was the best choice we could have made so yeah, well, it like you said, does fit you guys. I mean, you have this, um, you have a really iconic kind of image. Uh, you are sharp dressers, uh, all these cool photos and uh, very um, sharp mod image that I just think the name is so perfect for that. That's exactly where it came from. That is, that's the whole kind of um, 
meaning behind it. You know, sharp class. We we like the kind of sharp look. Um, that's what we always go for. That's what we feel most comfortable in. It just suits us. And the whole kind of there was a bit of play on words with the uh, the word class because it was classy, um, mm-hmm. but not in like the kind of posh sense. It was more like kind of um, I don't know if do Americans use the word oh that's class sometimes yeah so yeah. it's kind of like that oh, like, oh that's class kind of right. thing or if you have class like good class yes um and we were like oh sharp class we have sharp class because you know we like to dress sharp and things like that so um yeah that was that's basically what it means that is all it means well it it can be hard to do that um and it get established but like you said the pandemic is probably a good time to do that and then you released a single um last year right was it the first um, one under yes, the sharp class name? Yeah, um, released it not too short after we announced the uh, name, the new name, and that just was just kind of get the ball rolling. That was ready to go and move, right? It was, yes, yeah. yeah. Uh, it was fantastic songs. In fact, thanks very much. Um, I I included move on my kind of every year. I in January I look back at the previous year, you know, and pick out the songs or the bands that I. Um, liked most and I included that in the list because it is a great song and uh, I I just really liked it and uh, I did it is, yeah, I mean, appreciate your, it yeah um, songs about uh, being young and about dancing I love the fact that you have a song that says kids don't dance and yet it's yeah. about uh, that and the video for that is is really fantastic um, I appreciate that a lot too did you do that video yourself uh, or who the, makes your um, videos so Let's, let me uh, rewind back to 2019. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so the kids don't dance. Um, I was in college and I think there was a guy there that um, did the first, the very first video for us um, because it, he went to the same college as me. It was like an arts college where um, obviously doing music, he was doing film and media and photography. And he was like, oh, and he, he had an assignment where he had to film a music video and his dad had seen us and had heard of us and then realized, oh, I go to the college that he goes to. So he just kind of tapped me up and was like, oh, would you be up for filming, you know, letting us film a music video for you? And I was like, definitely, yeah. So once he did the first one and we was like, that was brilliant. Uh, we was like, oh, would you, do you want to do another video for us? And uh, he was well up for it. And then, he, in fact, he did the first three music videos for us. Um, so Kids Don't Dance, he, um, like I said, we tapped him up and he's like, yeah, I'll do it. Um, and I had all the idea. Um, I just kind of conveyed it to him and he kind of planned out some of the shots and some of the, I think he came up with the intro scene okay. where, we, where we walk up the steps onto the stage and it's like black and white. Right. Um, so he came up with that. Um, but yeah, it was just very kind of, uh, what's the word? Independent, really. It, you know, we went to college together and I kind of, I came up with the idea when I was sat in the front room one evening and I was like, Oh, I have a brilliant idea for a video um, because they dance and there's only one dancing. Um, right. And yeah, it's kind of, yeah, that's, very, all, that's all, all, it, all there was to it, really. It's very cool. The starting out black and white and then suddenly you're on stage and there's one girl dancing and it's color. And uh, I don't know, it, you know, the, the art style of it um, also fits. So I didn't know if you were involved in that aspect of it or if you had somebody. It's, it's nice to find somebody who can compliment your music with the Definitely, way they did yeah. the video um i could see why you had him do several of them for you uh, yeah um he was, he was just dead good at what he did and we got along as well so it's kind of like you said it, it complimented and then you know like i said he did the first three videos and the third video all it was was um we asked him do you want to come down and film this big gig that we're doing and he's like yeah and um and they really got into it I and mean, he brought brought um a friend down who also did photography and film and the got into it because there was like this coming on stage and filming and things like that mm-hmm. and they, they loved it and after cool. there's oh you love that thanks for asking i was like thanks for getting all of it on footage so yeah that was um yeah it, that, that was kind of independent and the way we like to do things really so and you have a brand new single out it's a cover yes give me some loving that's the one yeah it's really good as usual <laughs> who plays the organ on there uh me that's you too okay yeah yeah uh i i recorded all of it at home wow well yeah of course where else are you gonna record it these yeah. days i suppose um so you haven't been able to meet up with uh anybody else in the band to do any recording at all for months then is that 
Uh, yeah, that's oh. basically how it's gone. The last time we were able to record together was for, I think it was December, for um, the studio that we use um, asked us to do uh, like a collaborative cover of the song Teardrops by Womack and Womack. And there's like, oh, do you want to be the band that does the music? So it's us three doing the, like the kind of music, drums, guitar, bass. Um, and then he also, they also got in um, three other artists, like kind of local to the area to do like bits and pieces as well. And it, it turned out really good as well. People really liked it. So that yeah, was the last time um, wow. we was able to actually get together and record. So is uh, it possible that you think, I mean, none of us know for sure what's going to happen, right? With the vaccine maybe coming and all of this, um, maybe this summer you'll be able to get back to recording or even playing live in some venues. Who knows? hopefully so i mean we've we've kind of discussed it um that we've um we've now got a date um officially got a date of uh, the 21st of july when that's when all restrictions are supposed to be lifted which will mean that we'll be able to gig properly and right. um, without any restrictions we have got a few gigs in may but they're with restrictions so it's like limited capacity mm-hmm. and things like that but 21st of july we've been told that um if all goes to plan then that's when all restrictions are going to be lifted and uh, quite frankly i can't wait so yeah i can imagine um it's it's really hard if your purpose is to be doing live music or if you really like that if that's what you are you know and then yeah. it's suddenly the rugs pulled out from under you and you have to come up with something else it's difficult i know it's been hard for a lot of uh, musicians but at the same time some fantastic music uh, like your cover of days and different things like that, that people have been doing during the lockdown. That's why I did that show, the lockdown sound, all this great music that was uh, produced. So sometimes that's the silver lining, I guess. Yeah. I mean, it's just because we've had more time on our hands than I've ever kind of experienced really. Um, and I think that goes for a lot of people. Um, yeah. It's, it was just kind of like a brick wall. I still remember last March um, we played a gig uh in a city near us uh, derby which is next to where we live which is nottingham so it's literally 15 minutes down the road um and it was kind of like the talks of covid and things like that and it was like oh what's this covid thing and then i remember we played that gig and then was in the studio the next day um and then it was announced that we're going to lockdown the day after that and that was it It just stopped so we literally ended like our run up until then from gig studio bang nothing so it's kind of like oh and it took a while to realize oh right okay mm-hmm. we're not doing anything um, i know yeah and, and i think a lot of people kind of had the same thing from what i've seen it was just kind of i mean bands that we we know you know posted up that actually not to, probably a couple of weeks ago posted up oh our last gig is a year ago today I mean, we're seeing more and more of those come up, like social media and things. That's like, oh god, that's just kind of a whole year. Especially when you don't want that as well. It's not like they took that choice. I remember that you know thinking at the time, okay, we're going to be shut up here for a couple of weeks. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and it seems exactly so naive how now. I thought. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and then here we are, and hopefully looking at you know this summer things opening up again, and then uh, if in the UK, July twenty first, that sounds promising. Um, hopefully yeah so that means in august you will immediately be on a plane to seattle to come to the u.s and play right yes <laughs> and meet straight away tickets already booked but yeah. um it, i mean we've got it's quite it's worked out quite well if that goes ahead because we've got like a festival slot oh, um, nice. at a local festival that is usually um quite fun you know it's good fun good to do which is literally a couple of days after that date after the 21st which oh, is like, perfect okay hopefully if it goes to plan that will be our first proper gig back um which is quite a good one hopefully to get back into so all right well when i asked you about doing uh the show i also asked you to pick three songs any songs you wanted for any reason and uh bring them with you to share and so we're going to listen to those right now and then we'll come back in just a minute and we can uh we can talk about those a little bit and you can tell me what they mean to you Thank you. 
You like children? I do if they're properly cooked. You're listening to Mr. Suave's Mod Mod World at mrsuave.com and on modradiouk.net. All right. Three classic songs right there, courtesy of uh, my guest today, Oliver Orton from Sharp Class. Those are some fantastic songs. It's not hard to figure out why you might have chosen those. Yeah, that's basically it. They are just three fantastic songs. Are they, would you say these are like your favorite songs? And it's really hard to, to say that, but or um, just a smattering of things that you like. I've had, the, I've had this conversation recently. I realized I don't have like ultimate favorite songs because there's too many. And it's always, it's, it's almost like there's no hard and fast kind of, that's my favorite song. But I think Waterloo Sunset is always right up there. Yeah. For, is one of my favorite songs. But yeah, that, they're just, they're just great songs. I just love them. So, and they, they were, they were the kind of first one you asked me, they were the kind of first ones that came to my head in that yeah. order. So it's like, okay. Uh, yeah, Waterloo Sunset is, um, it's amazing. It was a worldwide hit and it never hit the charts in the United States. It was not did a hit it, did here. It not? Yeah, it's shocking. Um, I mean, it was a huge hit, not just in the UK, but like all over Europe and Australia, and but, but not in the US until later. I mean, people think of it as a huge hit here now, but yeah, never even made the charts. And it's probably, arguably the best song that, ray davies ever wrote but he wrote so many again how do you choose one right exactly yeah and that's kind of like my there's so many songs that i'm like i can't pick like an ultimate favorite like the pinnacle i just can't do it but um that's always always up there watery sunset so and then uh after that was shirley ellis with soul time 1966 that that is that is correct um yeah basically how that how i first found that was um my girlfriend was like oh listen to the, listen to these songs and she sent me some songs and this one stood out and i was like this is a really good song and <laughs> and i just had it on repeat for ages i was like i just i just can't get enough of it i just there's something about that song that just is so cool and, and the kind of like the, the outro to it as well i love the outro right kind of they start yeah. counting and things like that. i'm like it's so like the horns in it and the brass and i'm like yeah this is such a kind of northern soul stomper of a song and like, right this is a good song yeah um, and that, that's all there is to that is that i just i just love the kind of feel it has and the, and the sound and the kind of northern soul vibe. emotion to it yeah, yeah vibe and i don't know i just can't i just couldn't get enough of it and i had it on repeat so i was like it's gotta be this has got to go in there it so, should have been shirley ellis's biggest hit but she's she's famous for almost like nonsense songs, the clapping song, the name game. Um, and the, her, both of those were like sold millions of, of copies and they're good songs, but it's, you know, like she gives instructions in them, how to <laughs> clap and how to say the names. It's kind of funny, but soul yeah. time, then it's like, this is the, this is the real deal here. Yeah. It's, it's like something it's something special because it like like it's title soul time it, you know um and i like i like soul music and things like that northern soul music so i don't know it's like a connection to it where it's almost has more meaning more there's more heart to it mm -hmm. um and i just kind of like those kind of songs and then the last one we heard right there of course the jam uh another very soulful song different kind of song sort of yes uh just who is the five o'clock hero yeah, it, there was lots of jam songs that I could have picked. Yeah. Um, as you can imagine. But I don't know. This one's always kind of stood out. Just the way it comes in straight away. And there's something about the sound of it and the kind of almost melancholy mm -hmm. kind of feel to it. But the music feels upbeat and sounds upbeat. But it's... there was a, I almost chose Tell, Tell um, by the Riverbank. Okay. Because it was between those two songs but i chose this one because i just felt like i don't know i connected with it more and it was something about the kind of it's almost poetic 
Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, both of both those songs are, but this one, I just I just connected with it more, and I always have. Like, just who is the five o'clock hero? But yeah, yeah and again, yeah, I just love the instrumentation. Blues. Yeah, um, that, it, that's yeah, that's it. It just yeah. is, uh, and it works well with uh, Waterloo Sunset, sort of. Uh, there and then having soul time in the middle i mean it's like your perfect mini mod set yeah (laughs) (laughs) um so one thing i want to ask you i do this with a lot of the people that i interview uh and you've undoubtedly been asked this and had this question of what is mod you know give me your sort of take on it what what is mod or what does it mean to you or maybe you know it doesn't mean as much as i think it does um what is mod to me they i've always thought of it i never kind of kind of thought of it as, as like music i don't really think there's such thing as mod music but i think there's certain music that complements the scene of mod mm-hmm. so so well like it goes hand in hand like the like rhythm and blues and soul and, and things like that um yeah mod it, to me it's kind of almost like an ideology and a, a way, like, like they say, a way of life. And um, right. it sounds cliche, but there's no other way to put it. That, that's kind of what it is to me. And, you know, the, the music and the lifestyle and the way of thinking, and the ideologies behind it. How did you kind of, how did you, when did you first think, well, I guess I'm a mod. Did you grow into it slowly or was it like a thing that you discovered and you jumped in right away? Yeah, it was... I kind of discovered it through my parents um, quite late on compared to some people. I was probably about 14, which was probably about five years ago, maybe. Uh, it's maybe six years ago, something like that. And because they went to the uh, the jam exhibition oh, in, yeah. that was on at Somerset House in London, um, at that point, I wasn't really into it. I knew what it was. But it was kind of, I don't know, I just, I'd, I'd never really took the time to listen to the jam or anything like that. So, you know, I had no idea. And I was kind of at that age where it's uncool to like what your parents like. So I was like, <laughs> mm, I don't like it. Oh, it's crap. Um, but yeah, we went and I just loved it. Like secretly, I didn't want to show it to my mum and dad because <laughs> they dragged me along. But I was like, I quite like this. This is, and it, after that day, it kind of snowballed. Um, I actually bought like the souvenir from there. Um, what do you call it? Like the book that you can get from mm-hmm. these kind of exhibitions. Uh, and I kind of read that and I was like, this is quite good. And it snowballed. And then we went back again to the jam exhibition, but it was in Liverpool this time, at a yeah. different place. And at that point I was well into it. And I was like, yep, yeah, let's go, let's do it. Um, <laughs> and like I said, it just kind of, started from that and then yeah just kind of i fell into it basically and was like yeah this is it just felt right i don't know it sound again it sounds cliche but it just felt yeah it was almost like a calling and it was like yeah this is something that i want to be a part of well that's very cool i i mean i think most mods have a similar sort of epiphany if you will uh, or a moment where they kind of go okay this fits this clicks i'm gonna do this or you know and I was uh, probably 14, 15 at, when I started discovering uh, the jam and, and the who and all of the music that goes with that uh, scene. And it's a time when you are, when you first discover music, I think the music you first discover stays with you for a lifetime. Uh, and yeah. you may like other things and you may find new things and you will add to that, of course, but that original attraction that you have at that age man it's like your you know your first crush or something it's just you never forget it and it's always there and so you're stuck with the jam now yeah i, I ain't <laughs> complaining but <laughs> right, it, it i worse. think that's true yeah it, it kind of it just never goes away it's it's they are the band that kind of started it for me um and they always will be and they've kind of i don't know it's almost like they've done so much for us because when we started the band that was almost like let's do that right but now like let's let, well, let's try that there are a lot of comparisons between sharp class and the jam and you do yeah. have a kind of a 
a jam sound, mod revival sort of sound, I think. Is that something that you aim for? Or does that just kind of, it just happened when you guys started playing, this is just what came out? Or was it planned? I don't think it was necessarily planned, but it was kind of, it was very hard not to, because we were a three-piece. There was, we liked the jam, and we played very similar music. So it was almost impossible to not sound like the jam unless we brought in a keyboard player, an organ player, someone to play harmonica, someone to play the banjo. <laughs> you know, it was right. We liked turning the amps up loud. We liked that light hitting the drums loud. Lewis liked playing the bass dead loud. And it was like, yeah, I mean, and we, we never kind of shunned it when people were like, oh, you remind me of the jam. And it's like, oh, brilliant. Cheers. It's like a big compliment. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it was just kind of because we were finding our feet and it was the jam were always a band that we looked up to and still do. But yeah, like I said, it was just very hard not to. We enjoyed it because it was fun and it is fun. So why would we not? Yeah, you know, right. Want yeah, to embrace it. Exactly. And it's, yeah, it's just, we have all the, almost like the same setup really. So sure. Besides the jam, who are you listening to these days? Is it just, classics or are there current contemporary bands that you particularly like or not really like kind of current it's, it's always kind of you know classic classic bands for me um i I'm a, like i said i'm a huge fan of the kinks um they're right up there i think ray davis is one of the best songwriters to me um that's my opinion that's personally just to me but um the small faces the who those are kind of like they're like the top four they always have been they're probably actually they're probably like the the catalogs that i listen to most but there's like songs from different artists that just kind of come in there like wilson pickett for example there's not it's not like his entire back catalog and i've got it on repeat they've like certain <laughs> songs same with like james brown and things like that yeah um aretha franklin and you know lots of like obscure northern soul music and things like that it just all kind of Anything, into one. anything you listen to or have in your collection, so to speak, that would shock or surprise your fans? Um, I don't really think so. There's nothing that comes to mind that is kind of like way out there. You but, don't have any Kiss albums hidden under your bed? No, or... <laughs> none of that. Um, nothing like that. But yeah, there's nothing. I mean, I'm a big fan of like blues and things like that. Um, which isn't really that shocking but um yeah i do like a lot of blues and things like that and that's kind of like what got me first starting into guitar so that's like the kind of like with a jam thing mm -hmm. it's, it stays with you that's always stayed with me the first thing that i started playing guitar was blues so that's mm -hmm. never going to go that's kind of like built into my music psyche or something so that's cool yeah that's very mod thing to having your background i guess yeah it's, like i said it's not really shocking but it's kind of yeah some people expect it to be like just mod revival kind of like secret affair jam <laughs> purple hearts things like that but um which those are in there but sure yeah it's kind of it's a bit different so well i want to thank you for being here for sharing the songs uh and i pleasure have a link up on the modcast homepage at mrsuave.com to sharp class uh, there'll be a couple of things up there. I'll probably post uh, a video, maybe the kids don't dance or something. Uh, and Brilliant. Um, people need to go and check out your singles. Um, let's see. It's on, are you on heavy soul records? Yes, we are. Yeah. And you can find all of that online pretty easily. And then hopefully come July, they'll be able to find you uh, playing live somewhere. Hopefully so. Yeah. Well, uh, thanks again to Oliver Orton. I really appreciate your being here and uh, good luck with everything. Hope to hear more from you next year. Cheers, Rob. Thank you very much. Thank you for the days Those endless days, those sacred days you gave me I'm thinking of the days I won't forget a single day, believe me I bless the light I bless the light that shines on you, believe me And though you're gone You're with me every day
every single day, believe me Days I remember all my life Days when you can't see wrong from right You took my life But then I knew that very soon you'd leave me That it's alright Now I'm not frightened of this world, believe me I wish today could be tomorrow The night is dark It just brings sorrow Let it weigh Thank you for the days Those endless days Those sacred days you gave me I'm thinking of the day I won't forget a single day Believe me song what a great rendition that was oliver orton with his cover of the kinks days which i originally included in modcast number 461 the lockdown sound you can find that at mrswab.com of course if you want to check out that whole show it was a good one it's featuring lots of cool stuff from various artists all performed and recorded during the first wave of covid lockdowns last year so, we are fast approaching the 15th anniversary of Mr. Suave's Mod Mod World. 15 years, 473 shows, counting this one. Sort of hard to believe I've been doing it so long. I'm still amazed every time a show comes together. Don't worry, I'm not giving up yet. Uh, I've got some cool things planned for this coming season, hoping to do lots more interviews with young up-and-coming mod stars like Mr. Orton, as well as talk to some veterans of the scene, some power poppers, some garage rockers, some solis, some mod DJs. It should be an interesting time. And going to try and keep up with sharing new music, of course, unearthing some cool gems out there, giving you the best of what's just been released, stretching the limits of what it means to be mod sometimes, and uh, sharing what I think we should all be listening to. Music. Good music, especially. It's strange, after such a long run, I've never really had a theme song for the Modcast. I just nicked a bit of Squire's Mod Mod World and it stuck. Not a musician myself. Can't play a lick of music, so that's not an option. If anybody listening out there wants to drum up a mod-sounding jingle for the show, you will be amply rewarded with a lifetime subscription to the Modcast and many, many accolades on the show, I'm sure. Going to take you out right now with a couple more tunes from Sharp Class's early days when they were called Subculture. Got a couple of videos up on the Modcast homepage from them as well, and there's a link to uh, follow the band there. Don't forget to hit me up online. Let me know what you think of the show. You can leave comments at mrsuave.com. 
And whoever keeps leaving comments in Chinese, I can't read them. I'm Mr. Suave. Thanks for listening.
that ringing in your ears has got into you. I found a direction you can follow. Shoot out memory, and I'm making it through. And I've got a vision, what a view. You've had your steps, so I'm going to make my move. Oh, oh. 